0: Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed, and we are recording here uh, in the middle of April, and we're here to talk
1: about UCLA sports. It was a fun March, man. It was a fun March. It really was. And yeah, that,
0: I mean, I it was that March. I mean, going even April was fun. Unfortunately, even though that you know, that game didn't go our way, um, it took some, I, it was such a mix of emotions, it was a classic game, but it's always hard being on the wrong side of the coin, um, and how fast it happened, really, it was just so sudden, and it was, it was hard, I was like, I don't even know how to grieve this one, like, it was just so exhilarating just to stay in the fight, to feel like you had hope, to feel like they pulled ahead, to feel like you're right in it, and you know, in in just the fight. I don't know, like even if I wasn't a UCLA fan and that was the first game I seen, and which seems to be the case because there was a lot of people that tuned in. You just become a fan of this team, and we've had grips and we've grown and everything just 'cause we love, you know, we love this team and we. And we've expressed frustration, but the, we I'm, I'm really happy to see the results that, that turned out, even though, you know, uh, we didn't advance to the championship. But I think that, that also the ass weapon that Baylor gave Gonzaga did really ease things for us because we're like, okay, at least these guys didn't go off and win. Um, and I know everyone has different opinions on when you lose, which, you know, how you root if you root for the, the other team and you know when you lose for lose to them but i don't know man but, yeah let's do a recap on the season
1: what are yeah. your thoughts i mean from a season perspective incredibly incredibly successful right you can't you can't really ask for more uh in a season i i've always been of the opinion if you can get to a final four like from that point on, everything is kind of gravy. It, it almost feels like even more of a crapshoot. Any of those teams generally can can win a championship. So I I think just getting to that point this season, especially where you know we we started off strong, we battled injuries all year long. You know we lost Jalen Hill uh, mid season. Um, obviously, Smith. Chris Smith. Um, you know we 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 kind of came into the tournament teetering a little bit like but you know every and and all that with the context of the pandemic and we still kind of were able to get it together at the right time and make that run i mean i i couldn't be happier with this team um i couldn't be happier with with mick cronin kind of you know uh, he he in many ways disproved a lot of the haters who always claimed he couldn't coach and if you don't think that guy can coach after that run now i don't know what to tell you cuz that was just a a marvel of coaching he, he took an imperfect team um and made a, a a historic run really from from the first four to the the final four and was really you can't even say he was beaten in the end right like the clock ran out and the the team ran out of time, but they lost on a fluky three point shot by a, a future NBA player. Like I can live with that and as hurtful and painful as that that was, like you can't you can't be too mad at it. It's it's really just kind of a fluke in many ways. So I mean, you know, I I haven't been as proud of a a UCLA team in over a decade now and probably ever in my life at this point, you know, before when I was watching those final four teams, I hadn't even gone to school there yet. I was just a fan because of, uh, I grew up watching the team. I had family that went there, but now it's, it's even kind of taken to the next level, you know, having that, that even more direct connection to the school. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, 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 I have nothing to, but good things to say about this season. Sad it's over. Um, and you know, I think in that, in that game, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to play by play recap or anything. But, and you know in sports, I'm not a huge fan of, of moral victories, but that one felt like a moral victory. Like I don't think we lost that game. We just ran out of time in many ways. Like, there was nothing different that we could have done to have possibly won or lost that game. Like, it just. It was just one of those those legendary kind of moments in, in March Madness history. Um, but the funny thing is, I think that three point shot will get largely forgotten now because they didn't end up winning. So hopefully we won't have to see it played ad nauseum every year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. It, first of all, I owe apology to the bruin source nation. I owe apology to Zed because he did ask for my prediction, and I just didn't it was very murky at the end um when i you know I saw into the future and for me, I saw a really close game <laughs> and i you know I trusted you know the legend of Juzang and Haquez to to come through for us, and I think they did their best, but I didn't see a a, a bank you know not even it was kind of a runner it wasn't even a runner but like last last second heave um that that just it just escaped me so please forgive me i know um my uh, oracle title is being questioned but you know football season approaches and so oh or God. spring practice is, is, is at, at this moment so hopefully i can redeem myself that's
1: when the oracle breaks down we'll see but the yeah the fog rolls and
0: yeah, it it was but it was it, it was a great season. I think again, many of us came into the season expecting to win the Pac-12 championship and ex- at least expecting a sweet 16. I will take this every year. If we we run we end up third and then we end up in the Final Four with a chance to play in a national championship, like I will take this over winning Pac-12 titles, you know. I think in history we have like 31 if I'm I'm not uh, our pack. We have thirty-one conference championships, so I'm fine with that. And yeah, it, it is interesting to see again us um, lifted up and back into you know the the ranks of the the upper echelon of blue bloods because everybody seems to have short memories of understanding, in and especially fan bases. Other fan bases of blue bloods of, of where you know are are prestigious. So as soon as you get a jolt. It kind of like seeps everywhere else where you realize like, oh, yeah, again, UCLA is a powerhouse and it only takes one year and it only takes one great coach, which Cronin showed. He, I mean, he had such an excellent year. It's just it's an outstanding season when you look back and see what he dealt with as Zed laid out like it. it I, I'm so happy with the future. And I think he also sets up expectations. I'm expecting a sweet 16 every single year. Um, at minimum, um, especially with the forecast of you know the guys that we have coming in and the guys that hopefully we retain. So,
1: and that, and I like, think I think the difference between expecting that this going forward and expecting that in the past or talking about it is, I think Mick Cronin also understands this, those expectations. He also understands that that is just like the bare minimum, and you can tell he doesn't want to just do the bare minimum. And so I think from that perspective. I, I, I agree with you. I feel like we're, we're in good hands, and it, uh, the future just seems really bright right now.
0: Very bright. And, yeah, so let's clap it up for this team, um, and let's try to keep Zhang for one more year. And I say that not selfishly, but I, I really think he can improve for one more year in Cronin's uh, offense, and I think he can go and make some big money. Um, and, and be a fringe lottery pick because he clearly has, I mean, he's just a dead-eye shooter, so if, you, you know, and he knows how to play off ball, but if he can tighten up his handles and he can improve on the defense and, and get some lateral quickness and, and just learn how to be in front of his man a little bit better, then I think he's, yeah, he's easily, you know, later, later end of the lottery pick in the 2022 draft. Um, but also, he should test the waters, and I'm sure he's going to go through that. So we won't really know until the end of May, early June, what's going to happen with him.
1: Yeah, I I feel like I it would be remiss of me not to apologize to Johnny. I was a, a big critic of his throughout the season, um, and and of Mick Cronin for keep, you know, keeping kind of his uh, his. Um, at that time I thought was stubbornness of keeping Johnny in games when he was just not having good shooting nights or just kind of looking like a chucker. But I think all of that coalesced for Johnny at the end of the season, right? Like he, he got through that injury that he started this season off. He had some rough games. He had some great games, uh, but then he kind of, he became consistent with it, right? He just, became a scoring machine when we needed him to. And I think that's what we were hoping Chris Smith was going to provide when he went out. But, you know, Johnny really stepped up when when it really mattered to be to fill that void. Um, so, you know, props to him. I have nothing but love and respect for, for that kid uh, and for the rest of this team. I, I think just every person on this team, uh, like, you know, just played their heart out even if it was for the 30 seconds they got into a game if it was just Kenny Nuuba taking charges and doing the dirty work or Jalen Clark fighting for every rebound he possibly could get to you know Johnny or uh, Jaime Hocket crawling on the ground for loose balls and you know Tiger Campbell taking those charges uh, against Alabama just like every one of those little plays and every second, that these guys were on the court you could tell they just wanted it and they just played their hearts out. I have not seen a UCLA team play like that certainly since Ben Howland, but this just felt culturally different. Like this just they just I don't know what it, what it is about it, but they they just really gelled and played hard um and were warriors and I I think for me this is going to going to be kind of this team is an all time kind of great, just for the memories and and for you know how they they played for each other. Um, so you gotta you gotta love that even even you know shout out to Chris Smith um, for sticking it through even though he he could have very easily left with no hard feelings to rehab his leg. Um, like him just being with this team the entire time and seeing him on the sidelines, like rooting for the team, seeing him like uh, hugging his coaches and, like, crying on the sideline when they made that Final Four was just, I think, I think we've talked about the sport but just indicative of of how this team, you know, functioned and played. Um, so, you know, I, I, I certainly, top five team I've seen playing for, in, in blue and gold for me. Uh, you know, you, you just got to love, love these guys. Uh, and, and hopefully, we like you said, we can, uh, we can run it back next season. And I think there's, there's um, some hope there, like you mentioned. Um, you know, I, think I, I agree with you about Johnny. Um, I, I think it would benefit him coming back. I, I do think if he is somehow projected as a lottery pick this year, he should take the money. Um, but if he isn't, I do agree he should come back. And I don't know if he will be a lottery pick this year. Um, or even a first rounder, so I know he's kind of all over the draft boards. So you know we're 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 waiting to see his decision. Um, you know we're waiting to see Chris Smith's decision. I think um, you know is he going to come back? Is he going to be that you know super senior to really take us over the hump next season? That that remains to be seen. I have a gut feeling he will come back, but. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope he does. Uh, and then, you know, on the recruiting trail, I think we're, we're seeing the impacts of this run. Um, we have some, some big uh, decisions coming up even tomorrow. You want to you wanna jump into that a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, big. The guy's uh, he's 6'10", and he is uh, from Long Beach. His name's Miles Johnson and I have a basketball crush on him, a human crush on him, because <laughs> he just seems like a really great human being. I'm surprised that he even ended up at Rutgers, especially being in our backyard at Poly. Uh, I kicked myself for not even knowing about him, but I'll, I also just kick the ghosts of Alford for uh, letting him get away. And But also, yeah, hopefully things come around tomorrow. He announces his decision. It'll come down to us in Stanford. And, you know, just with Stanford's ee grad program um which is ranked number two in the country versus ours which i believe is number 16 and is no slouch and, and anybody who works in engineering i don't for a matter but we do have family uh i mean friends and family around us and partners who do like understand the the lore of going to stanford for just to have that on your you know you your resume and 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 your name above you but we also do know like ucla is no slouch and and everything points that he is going to commit to ucla tomorrow because we give him the best combination everything he's looking for he he wants to play for a championship contender um and everything's pointing towards us being in that uh and he also gets a, a a top 15 degree in in his um in, in his major, because he's a very bright kid. Uh, I mean, the, the, the kid, I mean, he knew Japanese before arriving at, you know, New Brunswick. And so, on that front, you can tell he just knows languages, and I think he'll be a high character, like, just addition to the team. I'm very excited, so... And he's, he's a, just a great shot blocker. He's going to come in and provide what Jalen did, but even, you know, on paper, he should, he should give a little bit more because he has more size. He can play above the rim a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's just exactly what we're looking
1: for. He's a rare combination of really, really high-level academics. And, and, you know, we know that UCLA kids in general are, are, have a more academic focus in general, But, like, this kid is not just taking that to the next level, and he's an electrical engineer um, playing high-level D1 basketball. I I think he's just impressive all around. He does a lot of community work. Uh, You know, he started a a black engineering society, a nonprofit at um, Rutgers. Like, he just, he's just so impressive and just seems like a good kid. And he brings exactly what we needed this year is, is that, like you said, that shot blocking and rim protecting um, ability that, you know, Cody Riley, as good as he is on the offensive side, doesn't have that ability um, or isn't natural to him. So getting a piece like that, I think, could be key um, to to building out this this roster for next season. Um, and he, he, it would be almost, it, it feels like a like, like replacement of of Jalen Hill's abilities since he would be taking uh Hill's scholarship um I do just want to shout out to Jalen Hill before we move on to some other recruiting um things going on but mad respect to him for coming out and talking about you know really difficult mental health things um you know I think that was largely kind of the the speculation of what was going on with him but him coming out and taking control of his own narrative, um, I think was really brave of him. And I wish him nothing but the best in the future. I hope I'm, I'm glad that he's doing well and I hope he kind of gets his, his mind right and, and has a bright future, but you know, props, props to him and, uh, you know, just wish him, wish him the best in the future.
0: Yeah. I, it is nice to see. I like how he got ahead of it. Um, before any speculation came, the news broke, and it also sounded like everybody blew up his phone. But he, I think he handled it masterfully and in the best way that you could, you know, when making a tough decision, especially at that age, uh, to step away from a sport that you know very much seemed to be your future for the foreseeable future. Like this is, we have to remember Jalen Hill, uh, you know, submitted his name in for the draft after his freshman year. Him and Cody. Um, before they both returned like this this was very much going to be you know uh, his career path and for you know everything that 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 took place um in china you know in the ripple effects of that for both him and cody to stick it through a one-year suspension and then return and play like they are i mean it, it that is a tough thing to bounce back for anybody who's like 17 years old, 18 years old. Um, But so I'm glad he's, you know, taking things in his hands and wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I hope it sounds like he's going to finish out his degree at UCLA, if he hasn't already. And, you know, I I hope, you know, wish really good things for him. And hopefully he still sticks around the game. Like he doesn't just give it up completely. Like he's just, you know, around in some capacity because, uh, Jalen Hill is one of my favorite characters. I think the guy, you know, he just has one of those smiles on the court. You're like, all right, this, it, it's infectious for the rest of the team. So I'm sure the rest of the team misses him, and we wish him the best.
1: Yeah. No, he, he also talked about, you know, hanging out with, you know, his friends who were you know, Tiger Campbell and, and some of the other players and keeping in touch with them um, and those guys being really supportive of him. So that's that's always really, really good to hear. But, yeah. You know sad situation for him, but you know I'm glad he realized that earlier um, sooner rather than later to to kind of take the the necessary steps for him to to get better so you know again, best of luck to him i I hope we see him around in the future um, doing doing good things so um, yeah i I just wanted to to make sure to acknowledge him before we we move on to other recruiting um Things, But there's also another announcement coming up tomorrow um, for 22, um, and that is Dylan Andrews, a point guard from Windward in Los Angeles. So I think that'll be a, another um, kind of hopefully seems like he's leaning towards UCLA, but another byproduct of this run. Um, and that 22 class is going to be huge. We're going to probably have, you know, around five spots. Uh, open so we already have Amari Bailey locked up. Um, getting Andrews in there would be would be awesome, um, and kind of building out the the backcourt of the future there. So that's another one to to keep an eye out on. And then we are we're still gunning for another backup guard for next season, whether or not that's you know a freshman coming in and in Ty Ty Johnson or um, or. Tai Tide Washington? I forget his name.
0: Yeah, correct. You're just mixing up Miles and Tie Tai.
1: Yeah, I am. And apologies if you can hear the the a leaf blower behind me. Um I thought it was a smoothie. Maybe. No, it's uh unfortunately the uh, the gardener is is here outside my window, so must have had a guest appearance
0: by the by a gardener you know the the you you just combine names i am i know there are reasons to to go against adding tai tai who is just to let you all know he is probably a candidate for a one and done in terms of where their heads are at um and again we you know i'm sure all of us has ptsd from getting those guys we love them when they're in the league but also it's it's not it, it hurts the pro- program in the long term but I I do like the idea of Ty Ty coming just because finding a spot for him. Because I, if we had a chance to say Ty Tiger, I think that's awesome. <laughs> like the combination of that would be lit. So I'm all for it just for that reason. Um, I'm glad
1: we're we're <laughs> trying to sacrifice roster um, optimization for uh, word good witty wordplay here. I, I appreciate that.
0: You can can never go wrong with, you know, a good name combo, so I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I know we also, so again, this is all dependent, so if we were trying to get Ty-Ty Washington or another backup point guard, I know we're looking at a couple of transfers um, or someone like... um, the uh, kid from Arizona who is asking for his, to be let out of his um, letter of intent. Um, fill me in here, Isaiah. What is his name? Uh,
0: Mr. Simpson.
1: Uh, KJ, K.J. Simpson, Simpson. yep. Um, it will all sort of depend on a couple of decisions. Most likely, whether or not Johnny Juzang stays or not to open up that second Uh, scholarship, if, assuming Miles Johnson takes the one open one. Um, I do expect if Miles Johnson doesn't come to UCLA tomorrow, uh, we will go after and probably sign one of those guards that are available. So there are some um, kind of puzzle pieces moving around, trying to figure out which one to fit in there. but I think this is just showing, you know, what UCLA's run has done is we have a lot of guys clamoring for a limited uh, amount of spots here. Um, and we're in a, this is a good problem to have, like too much talent and trying to figure out who to bring in and who to take um, is something that all elite programs should be dealing with. And it's nice to finally see us being back to dealing with that again after a couple of years of not, not doing so. Um, but that's, that's kind of where we're at in kind of filling out the roster, but you know, yeah, next, a few, th- I, a yeah. few
0: things on that. I want to speak on Andrews, like you all, I I, I think it speaks to it. Like Cronin, it, it's interesting because, um, most of these analysts who, who aren't familiar with, you know, UCLA's roster, uh, before this March, will. We'll say like, you know, they'll look at the recruiting rankings and they see like Peyton Watson's coming in a number one recruit. And then now that Mari Bailey's there and they'll, you know, consider him a California kid, even though he's from Chicago. And... But you have to look at, like, UCLA still is a national brand because Tiger's from Indiana, um, and we have players from other parts of the country. Um, and, I mean, we had, you know, from elsewhere, and we can very much, and we're offering, you know, I think we offered that, the, the wing from, from New Jersey, who seems to be a Florida State lean, but we'll see. You know, everything changes, and I think that is that is the great thing about runs like this is, when it comes back to it, yeah, you are finally putting a fence around Southern California because if we're able to lock in Andrews tomorrow, if we have a Marley, Mari Bailey, we have two bona fide guards that are a future, and then if we can get Kajani, like man, we are set up for the future. On top of Watson's coming in, who I'm really excited for, um, and I mean Will Will McClemon from uh, Nevada, right? And and we already got Mac, who should be, you know, a still a high school senior at this point um, from from New Hampshire, I believe. Yeah, so yep. Yep. from New is. England. So I say to that because um, it is UCLA has never gone as far in a social media era, and these are exciting times. I think we're now on a, a frontier of what the brand of UCLA with the combo, especially of Jordan and four or five months can can do and i think we can become a recruiting bohemian and i say this on the eve of two big decisions we we have tomorrow but this couldn't have come at a better time because i'm sure if we lost in the second round um uh, then, you know, things would be much different right now, the conversation around our team um, and a little bit more cautiously optimistic where right now we're all just
1: glowing um, and we're excited for the future. So, Well, yeah. the media is glowing too. It's not just the fans. If you look at like the way too early rankings that a lot of authors, you know, put out right after the tournament and. You know, I, I, I don't put a lot of stock into those, and those obviously are, are always in flux just due to the nature of them with you know, people leaving and transferring, going into the draft, et cetera. But um, we're consistently, like, number one, number two, and I don't think I've seen us lower than, like, three or four, maybe five in a couple of the, what writers have put together. But I think Gary Parrish just put out his yesterday, and we were at number one. Um, So the media really has taken notice and there's a a new narrative kind of around UCLA again all of a sudden. And I think you're right that that kind of media narrative coupled with, you know, the the marketing and branding power of Jordan. And then, you know, a a new athletic director that's taking a much more dynamic um, and modern approach to, to marketing, specifically on social media. Uh, I think you're right. I completely agree. This is a really exciting time for athletics and the the department in general. Um, And and this program, I think, just for recruiting, um, for, you know, the fans. I think it's just more fun being able to engage on, you know, these different channels that we really just kind of had as a check the box type thing. But now we're actually doing fun things with them. Um, and I think it'll help get fans into the, the stadium next season, hopefully, you know, barring any sort of um, recurrence or resurgence of COVID, but, you know, we're, we're expecting to be able to go watch this team that we all kind of grew to love this past year um, in person next season, and, and I'm hoping that other fans have seen this run. New fans are watching Um, you know, I think the watching all these students in the streets, right, when they made the final four, you know, health issues and and concerns aside, just seeing that kind of reaction and that kind of passion, um, I haven't seen at UCLA in years for regarding athletics. And that was amidst, like, probably not amidst a pandemic with not a ton of students even in the village right now. But you know, even seeing that kind of reaction was just fun to see and I think that'll hopefully translate into packed poly, you know, more fervor around the team. And um, you know, we know LA and LA fans can be finicky, so hopefully, you know, Mick Cronin can keep up his, his winning ways. And I think we're getting set up to, to make uh and have a sustained run here. Um to to be consistently good year after year and hopefully he can, um, you know, hang a banner or two in that process.
0: Yeah. And then also, I mean, we've pushed this as well. Speaking of banners is that let's get a final four banner and put the years on there.
1: Um, and I, I think that'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Look, I think we've, we've tweeted about this a little bit, um, I think David Woods had a really great piece, um, an article about this. But, look, you know, I know the old heads are going to be mad about it. They're mad about everything, frankly. Um, And I know there's a lot of debate over this. But, you know, getting to a Final Four is a major, major accomplishment. Like, there are coaches who at high major programs that will spend their entire careers not sniffing a Final Four. There are players, you know, who will play four years, five years in college that will like not even will dream about that moment and won't even come close. Like it is a very, very huge accomplishment that only a very small minority of players, and coaches, and programs even get a chance and opportunity to get to. Um, and so we should celebrate it. Do we celebrate it on the same level as a championship? Obviously not. I think you know that is a, the most special kind of holy thing that you can achieve in college basketball. I understand that. I don't think anyone's saying to celebrate it on the same level, but I think you do need to celebrate it. And I think putting those types of things up in the ba- in in the um, stadium in the rafters is a great marketing tool for recruiting, like there's was a stupid stupid narrative that you know UCLA hasn't been good since John Wooden or they've been inconsistent and there's a little bit of truth to that but within the Pac-12 UCLA's made more final fours in the last decade um, or in the last 20 years or in the 2000s than any other school like it's it's patently false at this point to say that you know they haven't been relevant in the last 20 years. So, you know, hanging those up just is in the face of, of recruits coming in and be like, oh, they just made, they made all these final fours. I didn't even know that versus other schools in the Pac-12 who are recruiting them can't, you know, sell that to them. They can't sell the, that level of success. No one in this this conference can and very few in the rest of the, the country can. There's only a, a handful of blue blood. So I just think celebrating that is, is helpful from a marketing and recruiting perspective as well. So I'm 100% on board with, with hanging something to to honor those those teams and those players and coaches.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the The scale of basketball, you're just completely right. Football and basketball, any sport. I mean, in college, there's, there's 100 teams, 100-plus 100 teams that, that get the opportunity to do this. So if you make it to the top four, then... You should always hang a banner because it is an accomplishment um, to deal, to go through thousands of athletes and sift through and who's the best. So let's work on marking ourselves, Martin. I think Martin gets it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised um, if you know down the line if we make another, whether it's this year or the following year, that we we look into doing that. Uh, it's interesting now because we trail UNC. I think we're just one behind. If we even tied it, I, I'm pretty sure the roars would get louder on moving to that. So to your point, yeah. And boomers, it's harder to win a championship. Just remember that and let's like these guys did a hell of a job. But that's that UCLA basketball's on a roll. We'll continue the conversation. Um but even on the other side of the court is the women's who uh didn't have the season that men's had. I would actually say it's it's pretty ironic because the men's had the season that we expected the women's, and the women's had the season that we expected the men's to have. Um, <laughs> in many in ways. Outcome. Yeah. You're right, yeah. It, 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 so the women's, you know, they, they lost in the round of 32, and they just, I mean, the depth was completely... Um, Just killed by the time, you know, they got there. Lost to a Texas team that... I mean, uh, if you
1: thought the men's team was depleted, the women's team was, like, completely just on its last legs in terms of depth. Yeah,
0: and even down to seeing, like, Lauren Miller go down in the last minutes with her knee, it was a pretty sad uh, way to end, you know, a promising season in a pretty wide-open field. And uh, but with that, we've also seen Corey. I, I don't. I mean, these past two weeks have been crazy for recruiting. It's kind of. It makes me wonder if if the team told all these recruits just to wait until the season ends. Because man, we've been on a roll in the past week. I think we've added seven, yeah, um, scholarships. Now just remember, we lost Michaela. Anya on, on your Norway and uh, I did not pronounce that right
1: so I'm Anya Nwere. That. I've been practicing on, this Anya Nwere,
0: right Anya Nwere. and she is um, and also shout out to her the NBA WNBA draft is tonight so she's projected to go 7th and maybe she even stays in LA um, who the Sparks have the 7th pick so that would be pretty cool but Michaela is you know she's she's taken off she's declared understandably and then we also lost Lauren Miller, and then we're projected to get you know our um, our two Australian student athletes over by the time. But man, we have gotten some recruits over over the next you know two years, and even some transfers who are all contributors, or borderline if not uh, all conference players. So it's pretty exciting, like what Corey's able to do just right after and bounce back. Um, for the outlook of UCLA basketball, and I think we still have two spots, two slots to fill. I think we're at thirteen now. Um, but there yeah, was some
1: hand wringing going on also right before this like onslaught of recruits um, about you know how you know we weren't getting enough players in, and there were some some notable holes, and then just it was just like one after the other after the other, just recruits coming in and both freshmen and transfers. Like, we're, we're not just getting a bunch of freshmen coming in. We've got some high-level transfers from, you know, Purdue and some other um, big-name schools. So we're, we're getting some battle-tested players in also. So it's a good mixture of both. Um, and, and, yeah, credit to Corey Close. Uh, Coach Close is killing it um, on the recruiting trail right now.
0: Yeah, I love her. Um, we just got to learn how to shoot uh three pointers and just get a shooting coach so that's my biggest thing but um good side good stuff basketball is is you know the mo austin center is humming um and it's a pretty good year for basketball i think it just feels right like we said before spring's coming things are blooming and you know ucla's was winning at a high level so it's pretty cool
1: it is definitely very very cool um what else is going on there are a lot of other sports going on right now
0: football i want to just jump through football real quick um you know one of my favorites uh spring practice is starting april 23rd and it goes on until i believe uh later in the 20s i believe may 29th or 27th but that's pretty exciting um and they actually may open. I think they have. They're open to limited attendance, maybe like with family. But that's exciting. And then also, a Pac-12 may, you know, follow suit with the NCAA on passing a rule, um, which would uh, ban would ban the the pass rule or get rid of the rule that that allowed schools to ban inter interconference um, transfers. So that plays in our favor because Washington has been. Uh, buttheads about garbers you know just as they was were about yankoff um which was really disappointing just for a school that i actually i you know i i thought they you would have a higher character on that when someone wants to return home but regardless of that that's positive for our transfers and our depth and i mean just all the guys we're getting brandon we're you know from bama we're getting zach from michigan and we have garbers from washington like we clearly have a top three transfer class and it's going to be big for chip kelly coming up in the year but spring's coming up um recruiting's going well we got a, a wide receiver called aj jones and uh we're also you know sending out offers we need to continue sending more offers it's just it continues to be the problem with this staff and recruiting we just don't send out offers and we're not hedging our bets and it so that that is always going to be an issue because we just can't lean on transfers every year to, to, to come home covid's not going to happen every year um so uh for that reason Uh, recruiting just needs to improve it's always going to be an area that needs to improve but in the meantime it looks good and uh i'm really excited about one thing is the nico's the kid the qb from 2023 keep an eye on him because he just got a usc offer and clearly especially being um pacific island poly like he is going to have family members that are pro-SE, but uh, it looks like you know we're still leading for him. So hopefully we just stay on that because SE is always a threat when it comes to a poly kid on the West Coast. Like no matter what.
1: Yeah, I I admittedly have not um, been keeping up with football right now, um, especially you know kind of in March and April with basketball going on, but. Yeah, I did see that the they are allowing guests and family of the team into the spring game, so that'll be fun. Do you know if it's being televised? I haven't seen yet.
0: It's probably gonna be like in a Pac twelve stream. That's but what I, I, I was I'm thinking sure. too.
1: Yeah, so I know we've gotten a couple of recruits. I think overall it feels like things are trending in the right direction, but I had never I it's so hard to read. Um chip kelly land i just um you know i'm the i'm even more pessimistic with him than i have been with basketball over the last couple of years so um we'll we'll see we'll see what happens hopefully this year is a breakout season it's coming i'll, I'll,
0: I'll i won't doubt later, you but.
1: after after your oracle oracling with um basketball but i don't know <laughs> You've been trying to be an oracle for football for years now, and you're usually um, the flip side of what you predict. So we might be two and ten. <laughs> we'll see. I just
0: I'm gonna try to go on a run here,
1: but um, yeah, UCLA sports the, both
0: both teams exciting things. And then for the rest of the sports, softball is killing it. They're back at number two. Well, they they're holding at number two, not back. Uh, just beat Oregon. Well, I believe it was number eight. If I don't, if I remember correctly, they were three. I think. Oh yeah, that's right. But they're probably eight now. I think they're gonna fall down. Um, but yeah, Oregon. We beat Oregon, so we're we're going on. We have a series against Arizona, which I'm looking forward to, in probably like three weeks. But outside of that, like. Yeah, softball's humming, Rachel Garcia's doing her thing, Maya Brady's having articles because she is awesome, and also she has an uncle who um, is pretty much one of the greatest football players, so, as we mentioned in the past, but, yeah, softball's doing well, Baseball's baseball is falling, falling off a cliff, and they're taking, it's interesting, they're taking, like, a, a 2000, USC 2000s football team dive, like like, dive, like, I Has this happened before? Have you seen a number one seed preseason just fall off the face of the earth like this?
1: Well, I wouldn't say we've fallen off the face of the earth. We're just inconsistent right now. I think there's a lot of youth and young guys that have been inserted into the lineup since the last couple of seasons. We lost a ton of players to the MLB draft and graduation. So, um it's baseball. It's just a wonky sport, you know. I think, you know, we're not awful, but we're also probably not the preseason number two team everyone thought we were. But, you know, I still expect them to make the, you know, NCAA's. I don't know if they'll make a deep enough run to hit the World Series right now, but, you know, the offense just isn't hitting at the right times right now, and I think that's the biggest problem and some of the. The the pitching is still fantastic, but, you know, we're just a little sloppier than we usually are um, on defense. But I, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm saying is I wouldn't hit panic mode. I mean, just coach Savage has like a, a recruiting machine going. I mean, he pulls in top talent from Southern California every year. So it's not like we're down on talent or anything in the future either. It's just it's strange year. I mean, this has happened before. A few years ago, I think we were ranked pretty high to start off and we fell down, um, fell out of the rankings completely. So I don't know if we're there yet. I think we'll probably be okay, but they're just not as good as we expected them to be. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But I have faith in, in that coaching staff to to you know, rebound and and build that keep that program going the, the way it has been going on a positive, uh, direction. Yeah, that but, was probably a lazy comparison um, to to the, <laughs> the football team. Um, yeah, and then other than that, what we got? the The women's volleyball team started the NCAA tournament run yesterday. They beat Ryder, I believe, um, in straight sets, and they'll be. Um, they swept them. They'll be playing BYU next. So hopefully they can make this uh, a deep run and maybe bring in another national championship home. Um, the beach volleyball team has been, just been on a roll. They beat LMU in the past week. They have beat LSU, Florida State, a lot of top teams, and they're ranked number one. Um, women's soccer just won the Pac-12. Congrats to them. Uh, They're ranked three in the nation right now, and they're probably getting prepped to um, make an NCAA tournament run. Uh, I saw this morning Martin Jarman came to the team's practice and gave them all their Pac-12 championship gear. So that was really cool to see. Love that he is just engaging, engaging, engaging with everybody in the athletics community and the UCLA community as a whole. Um, So love that. Uh, women's tennis, um, just one, I believe. Pac-12, is that correct?
0: Uh, yeah, that's correct.
1: Women's yep, tennis. Yeah, so well. men's tennis is playing well as well. So a lot of um, fun spring sports, and hopefully we can cash some of these these teams in to um, some championships. That's always the goal, and hopefully we can bring a few more home this spring.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that roundup, Zed. Uh, on that front, I don't. I think we've covered everything, and no, just looking forward to a fun off season for the two major sports, and then closing out with the other sports, um, and hopefully we can bring in 120, 121,
1: and maybe another one. Yeah, uh, always the goal. But yeah, other than that, um, we're gonna gonna sign off, and we will hopefully speak to you guys soon. And as always, go Bruins. Go brunch.